We heard from Genesis this morning, we are told that rainbows represent an everlasting covenant that God has made with creation. When we see a rainbow, we are meant to remember that as long as the earth endures, God promised never again to destroy the human race. And this might seem like a bit of a strange promise. After all, why would God ever want to destroy us? We are the most precious part of God's creation. God created us in God's image, after all. Why would God ever want to destroy us? Well, to answer that, it's worth taking a look at the very beginning of the flood story. In Genesis 6, we read that the Lord saw the wickedness of humankind was great in the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. And the biblical witness bears this out. From the moment that Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden, humanity couldn't seem to stop sinning. Beginning in the third chapter of Genesis, all we read about is how human beings sinned before God by trying to put themselves in God's place. Whether it was Adam and Eve eating from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or Cain killing his brother out of petty jealousy. After the fall, we hear about a downward spiral of sin. And God is sorry that he created human beings. God saw that these creatures with free will had used that very freedom to turn away from God, to deny the image of God in themselves and others. God was heartbroken. And so God decides to start over. God decides to give the world a new birth, to blot out what he had made, and we'll try again. And so God undoes creation and prepares to start anew. But here's the thing I find really bizarre. <laughs> God decides to save a small group of righteous human beings to help in this work of renewal. And God does this despite the fact that God regrets creating humanity in the first place. And yet God entrusts the rebirth of the world into the hands of human beings. It's implicitly illogical, isn't it? God knows that when these creatures with free will are left to their own devices, they abuse that freedom. They ignore God. They turn toward themselves. And sure enough, almost immediately after God's bow is placed in the clouds, we hear of humanity's continued failure their continued effort to put themselves in God's place. In Gen Genesis 11, we hear about human beings building an enormous tower at Babel where they hope to make themselves the center of the universe, basically saying to God, we don't need you anymore. 
And at this point, God must have been kicking himself. (laughs) The grand experiment had failed once again. The rebirth of the world had done nothing to blot out sin from the world. Instead, human beings continued to turn away from God and follow after the devices and desires of their own hearts. But instead of giving up, instead of reneging on the covenant that he had made with Noah, God holds back his anger and tries to change the hearts of God's people. And the rest of Scripture is the story of God's repeated attempts to draw the world back to himself and the world's repeated failure to respond. God made a covenant with Abraham, gave the law to Moses at Sinai, brought God's people into the promised land, instituted a monarchy, sent prophets to warn God's people, sent them into exile, brought them back from exile, and still God's people refused to respond. And yet God still held back. God remembered his covenant with Noah, remembered the bow and the clouds, and refused to give up on us. Refused to give up on us. And so in the fullness of time, God himself became part of the human story. God became a human being in Jesus Christ who lived among us without sin, died for us, and rose again. And through our baptism into that death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God changed the game entirely. The waters of the flood destroyed flesh but allowed sin to remain in the world, but the waters of baptism which, as the writer of 1 Peter says, the flood prefigured, the waters of baptism have transformed us according to the example of Jesus Christ. Baptism is not a removal of dirt from the body, we are told. It is rather an appeal to God that we might be given a good conscience, that we might be given the conscience of Christ through his resurrection. Our baptism is an appeal to God that we might be transformed, that our very selves (coughs) might be transformed, that we might live our lives in an entirely new way. The history of God's relationship with God's people is marred by human failure Because human beings, when left to their own devices, will always follow their own will before they follow God's will, will always deny the image of God in themselves and others. But through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God no longer leaves it up to us. God no longer makes it possible for us to turn completely away from God because God is in the process of transforming our very wills 
of aligning our will with God's will. Ultimately, God's covenant with Noah, God's bow in the clouds, is a sign of God's persistent and unrelenting desire for reconciliation. A promise that God will do whatever it takes to bring us back into relationship with God. A promise that no matter what happens, we are still created in God's image. Now, this is not to say that we're completely off the hook. God's work of transformation must make a difference in our lives. And so as we enter this season of Lent, we are called to renew our commitment to living our lives as people who have been changed, as people whose lives are being made new through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. During this season, we, we give something up or we take something on, but not because it's pleasing to God. I don't think God particularly cares if we don't eat chocolate or chips or give up social media for 40 days. Well, maybe he cares about the social media thing. (laughs) Our Lenten discipline is meant to be a reminder of God's transforming power in our lives. Lent helps us to remember that we cannot put God, we cannot put ourselves in the place of God. And our Lenten disciplines are meant to be reminders, symbols of God's hold on us. Lent is a daily opportunity to turn away from ourselves and turn toward God. A daily opportunity to remind us that we are created in God's image. Lent is a bow in the clouds a way of remembering that God refuses to give up on us.